Hey, thanks so much for checking out this episode of Golf Strategy School. Now, I know you're listening because you want to learn how to play better golf. But if you want to see how you compare to other golfers your age, you need to check out parforsuccess.com slash Griffin. That is par, the number four, success.com slash Griffin, G-R-I-F-F-I-N. And what it will do is it will actually give you a free assessment where you can see exactly how you measure up against other people your age. And you can see where you're excelling, where you need to focus your time on. And this is an assessment, honestly, that you can take once a month just to see how you're progressing throughout your golf journey. So again, check out parforsuccess.com slash Griffin to see how you measure up against other golfers your age. What's up, everybody? My name is Marty Griffin, and you are listening to the Golf Strategy School podcast. This one might be a little bit controversial, so I'm pouring a drink to get ready for it. I want you to consider, at least humor me here, that if you want to score better, you need to stop trying to make birdies and sometimes stop even trying to make pars. Let's talk about it. Do you love to play golf? Do you wish you could be a more consistent and confident player? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Golf Strategy School podcast, where we discuss specific practice strategies used by some of the best golf instructors from around the world. Here's your host, Marty Griffin. All right, so this might be a little bit controversial for you. I know everybody wants to shoot better. And being that this is the podcast that's designed to help people break 90 and break 100, this is really an imperative thing for you to do. When we're talking about shooting a specific number, a lot of times the closer we get to it or the further we get to it, we change how we play. So if you're trying to break 100, and you are coming up on a tough stretch of holes. Let's say you're, you know, all you need to do is bogey three of your last four holes and make sure that, you know, you get one par in there. With that time frame laid out for you in terms of holes left to play, you're likely going to get over aggressive and put yourself into these super drastic pass-fail situations. And when we run into those situations, like I said, it's pass-fail, home run or strikeout. But what happens is we get overly aggressive and we increase our chance for that blow-up hole, that catastrophic result, which in reality, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that in order to break 90 or break 100, you don't need another par you don't need another birdie. You need less eights, nines, and tens because it's those catastrophic holes, those blow-up holes that are really kicking your behind up and down the course. So why do I say don't try to make birdies and sometimes don't try to make pars? It's that same concept that we are going for the unrealistic goal compared to our abilities. Now, I'm not saying that if you happen to have a birdie putt, don't try to make it. No. If you're playing a par three and you get on the green in one, try to make the putt. I mean, in all likelihood, try to lag putt. But 
you know, don't completely cost yourself the opportunity. What I'm saying is that if you're playing a par five and you're looking at your shots, you hit, let's say, a better than average drive. And now you're looking at your card and you've got your little laser range finder and you can see that you're sitting 239 yards away from the green. If you're someone who struggles to break 90 or break 100, 239 yards away from the green is not your wheelhouse. This is not the time to be aggressive because what'll happen is you make the unrealistic, the over aggressive shot and try to hit your three wood 239 yards. What happens? Probably not your three would go on 239 yards. You might chunk it, top it. Maybe you actually do get a hold of it, but you get that big old banana out there that takes off to the right. And now you're in a tougher situation trying to get back to the green in regulation. Whereas if you would have looked at 239 yards as two consecutive 120 yard shots, you would have been right there. And instead of playing like this super aggressive kind of, I want to get on the green in two so I can two putt for a birdie type of mentality, you're now taking a more passive, guarded, conservative approach. It's like Dr. Bob Rotella says all the time, conservative approach, cocky swing. If you're 239 yards out on a par five in your second shot, if you're a 18... 20, 25, hell, even if you're like a 15 handicap, I would probably tell you, play to your favorite distance. For me, it's about, you know, 115, 120 yards. It's how far my pitching wedge goes. I would hit that shot to put myself in that ideal circumstance at a distance I'm very comfortable and very confident with. So I can make a more solid, thorough, intelligent, measured approach into the green. If we do this time and time again, you'll see that the law of averages will kick in. And yes, we likely will make less birdies than if we, you know, go weapons free and try and nuke that three wood all the way to the green. But we're also going to make less eights, nines, and tens because of it. That's really what it's about. It's about limiting the catastrophic. Golf is not about what is your best shot. It's about what's your worst shot. And if you can take that worst shot completely out of play, you're already winning. You're already putting yourself at a statistical advantage compared to other people. Now, if you're a 6, 7, 8, 10 handicap, and you're 230 yards, 239 yards away, and you're feeling kind of gutsy and you want to go for it, then you might have an argument. Because your worst shot probably isn't going to put you in as punitive a spot as the 18 or the 20 or the 30 handicapper. So, you know, if you're a lower handicap and you want to make that gutsy play, okay. But if you're truly working on consistently breaking 90, then you need to take that conservative shot. Same thing goes on a par four. Let's say you hit a better than average drive on a par four and you've got 130 yards left 
It might be a nine or an eight iron for you, maybe a seven iron, maybe a pitching wedge. The club that you use to come in doesn't really matter as much as your thought process is your mental approach into this circumstance. Because if you have a very heavily guarded green, then you need to be making the conservative target choice. And again, the cocky, confident swing. So if the pin is all the way on the right-hand side and it's tucked behind a bunker and, you know, it's really well guarded on that side, if you're trying to make birdie by going right after that flag, you're really rolling the dice as to whether or not you are going to have an okay opportunity at birdie or going to be, you know, praying to make bogey because you hit that greenside bunker and maybe it takes you two to get out. Or maybe you get out in one, but it's because you nuked it 75 yards over the green because you bladed it. That kind of stuff happens around the greens. That's why, especially, again, for higher handicap golfers, this is something that I learned from Will Robbins, past podcast guest. If you look at... How many times you get near the green in regulation and near the green can be 20, 25 yards away. Hell, even outwards of 50 yards away. If you look at how many times you get near the green in regulation compared to actually on the green in regulation, you're probably not going to see a huge difference if it's played in score, if it's played with intention. So if I have a 140 yard shot into a green, but I see that that pin is off on the right-hand side and it's super heavily protected, whether it's by extra undulation, a bunker, water, whatever the case may be, I might be better off, and I would argue that you would be better off, again, as that 18-plus handicapper, you would be better off aiming to the wide side of the green and even missing the green by five or 10 or 20 yards and making sure that you're safe. Now, this is something that really comes into effect for those longer shots. So let's say your drive was less than ideal and you've got rough that you're dealing with and you don't really have a good angle at the green. And it's another green that's kind of heavily guarded by bunkers and, you know, nasty undulation, or maybe there's bushes near the green, something like that. If you're like 160, 170 yards away and your mentality is I need to get on the green, stop. No, that is not the case. You need to be thinking about, hey, I need to put this shot at 25 or 30 or 40 or 50 yards away from the green where I can have a very clear, obvious path towards the flag for my next shot. Essentially waving the white flag saying, I am not going to go for birdie, but I am going to set myself up for, at the very worst, a very straightforward two-putt bogey, or potentially, if my chip shot is good, a nice, clean one-putt par. Because if you're 167 or 160, 170 yards out, and you're in the rough, and you're a high handicapper, that's probably a... Five iron, four iron, maybe a hybrid. You're going to struggle to hit those shots well, period. 
And if now all of a sudden we're introducing rough, we're introducing the pressures and the stresses of having a very difficult area around the green, the chances of you actually executing that shot cleanly are minuscule. The chances of you hitting that shot into a position where you're going to be in even more trouble are a lot higher. So you're better off from 160 or 170 yards, maybe just hitting like your seven or your eight iron. So you'll go 130 or 140, maybe 150 yards straight and controllable. And you can actually, you know, make good solid contact in that rough to get yourself out in that 20, 30, 40, 50 yard range to make a nice clear approach at the green. Now, if you're one of those people that says, well, I don't want to do that. You know, I'm not going to chicken stick it. Okay. That's fine. But why are you playing golf? What, what is your objective in playing golf? Because if you honestly tell me that you're going to be Mr. Machismo and you're going to go for it from 170 yards and there's all sorts of nastiness around the green and you're a 24 handicap, you cannot honestly tell me that your objective is to shoot the best score possible. That's just the straight and narrow of it. There's no way that you are truly trying to shoot your best score, and being honest, if you're making that aggressive of a choice from that type of line, and you have that skill level. Because really what you're doing is you're trying to have that story to tell in the bar after the round. Oh, yeah, man, it was crazy. I was in the rough. It was like buried and stuff. And there was this little tiny window in the trees. And the fish I caught was this big. And I hit it. And it was a baby fade. And it rolled right onto the green. And I two-putted for par. And it was amazing. All right, that was one hole out of 17 others. What happened? If you had to hit that shot every single time, how many times are you going to convert that par? It's not going to be a high percentage. So we need to think kind of statistically, strategically. One of the things that I like to tell a lot of my students is that if you were a business and you had to assess this kind of potential conversion percentage... You're 170 yards out. You have to use whatever the club is, five iron, to get to the green. What percentage chance do you stand? Realistically, five, 10, 15% chance. Now, if you were a business and you had to make an investment, would it be on something that has a 15% chance of success? Would it start thinking about your golf game like a business and see where it takes you. Stop trying to make birdies. I know it sounds weird. It sounds super counterintuitive, but stop trying to make birdies and watch your scores improve. All right, everybody. That's all I got for this one. Until next time, I will catch you in the short grass. Cheers. 
All right, thanks for listening to this episode of Golf Strategy School. As always, if you want to keep it in the short grass, all you got to do is put those lessons into effect. And if you want to see exactly how you fare in terms of your physical performance to other golfers your age, head over to par4success.com slash griffin, and you'll be able to see exactly where you line up and match up with other golfers your age based off of this this free performance assessment that Chris and his team has put together. Again, that's parforsuccess.com slash Griffin to see exactly how well you line up against all their golfers your age. And I'll just drop a link to it in the show notes.